Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Runs World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're talking with running coach Laura Fountain about how to take the stress out of race week. Mm. Namaste. Namaste to you, Benjamin. Namaste. Oh, like namaste <laughs> to you too, Rick. I like I, that you've gone in with this approach. I'm feeling very relaxed, Ben, because I'm not doing the race. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> same, same. I haven't got any of those stresses going on. Um, but there is a lot of racing going on and it's making me excited. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. It's, it's like big city races and big city marathons are back and that is exciting even if like us two you're looking at it from a very much a sort of couch perspective it's nice that it's all happening and yeah it was uh you know berlin happened at the weekend yeah so that was that was excellent um i mean no world records nothing particularly like that um quite slow probably quite slow by modern standards i mean you know 205 something is pretty (laughs) much pedestrian by the the standard that we're we're used to um no um uh, gear dola who he won he won the men's race um in yeah bekele was i mean everyone was talking about bekele he was third i think um yeah quite surprised i think yeah and uh gotti tom gabri celesi she was she won the women's race um and I mean, it was, yeah, it was, you know, just great to see some good old fashioned marathon racing take place. The sort of, it's a sort of really, it's a sad state of affairs. And we've, uh, the, the the biggest takeaway, well, the, it was his first marathon win at, th- at the age 30 for, for Guillet, which was, you know, I think that's a, uh, yeah, that's an a, interesting stat, should we say? Because yeah, you think like, that's not young by no. in running terms. Uh, yep. Yeah, all the headlines are about Bikili. I heard a lot of rumours that he was, he was, you know, he was very fit before this race as well. And the, yeah, and the but I mean, he's, he's really done well. two oh one. Yeah, he's only think three seconds slower than um, Kipchoge's time. Yeah, but so he's he's getting on now as well. And you kind of think, I wonder how many more opportunities even a runner as good as Bikili is going to have at the marathon actually, because he's he's sort of fast approaching forty. Um, right. Injury is more and more a thing. Completely, as well. completely. Yeah so. yeah, so maybe we're not going to see him threaten the Kipchoge record after all. But there you go. Yeah, although we're not, um, we're not doing London this year. I do, I do have, you know, quite clear memories of uh, of race week and that kind of giddy combination of being very excited and very nervous. And I've made, I've made a few clangers during race week. I think the worst of them was. I bought a new pair of shoes at Expo. Wow. This is what this is like the number one thing you tell people not to do. Wow. Whatever you do, don't emerge from um, Expo clasping a new pair of shoes that you intend to wear on marathon day. But I, 
I think you did I, it. I did it. I, I was I was working at Expo. I've been telling people not to do this for years. This is a while back. I would say this. I've learned. Is this a before bit you worked? No, I was in the I was on... in the running world, but I wasn't at Runners World. Right. Good. Jeez. No. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Runners World's okay. I wasn't doing well, but I thought, oh, these you know, these shoes do look perfect, and I've been looking at them for about three three days solid because I've been working at Expo. So I was like, yeah. Okay, here we go. And I think my I did a run in them that was essentially around Expo. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, it's perfect. These things are amazing. These things. This is like 100 percent the shoe I'm going to run in. Yeah. Um, and then I, I purchased them. Did one training run. Um, I think on the Saturday of about two miles. Yeah. Again, they felt good, Ben. After two yeah. miles, uh, and then on Sunday ran in them. And I mean, I ran really badly. Um, I'm not going to purely blame the shoes, but it was such an unnecessary stress because I was just like, I've got no idea what these shoes are going to feel like after like. Actually, after like two miles, like I could develop yeah. a blister. Actually, they don't feel as good as they did when I was running on the carpet in Expo. Oh, and wait a sec. It's a really long way to go. And it's just like, it gives you one more excuse as well. If things aren't going very well. It's like, oh, there you go. It's these shoes. shoes. So these please, shoes. please, 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 please. Do not buy a pair of shoes at Expo. Or do, but don't race in them. Yeah, wow. That's that's a massive eye-opener for, you, for me, Rick. <laughs> I've your... probably disappointed just... you, haven't I? No, no. Like, it's just more, like, of an insight this, into, more, more of an insight into how your brain works. This is me i am golden these are the ones for me i am gonna crush this here we go new shoes <gasps> oh man these this was a bad idea <laughs> it's always for me it's it's, a t- it's my tell if i'm if i'm feeling out of my depth at a race what i'll what i'll tend to do is i will try to um i'll turn to gear i'll turn to like shoes and stuff to kind of get me out i, had, I did the same thing before um did that 100 mile race i was so i was like oh i just gotta get the shoe selection right and like, yeah same nonsense like two weeks for bought a new pair of shoes and then this time i was like no nah, man you actually haven't learned like you've literally learned nothing about this yeah and um i took him back to the shop oh well done you've learned <laughs> i took See? him back to the shop well done Rick. i only got a receipt back so i had to go and buy another pair of shoes they wouldn't right. give me that it wouldn't give me the money back um but yeah but still i mean i just think like yeah if you're scrabbling around getting new equipment at the yeah. expo you're, you're you're looking for answers where you shouldn't be yeah and not just shoes guys socks shorts new nutrition as well t-shirts oh, yeah. shorts idea. guys don't suddenly <laughs> go for a race cut if you've been running in like a longer short because yeah. you'll suddenly think like this is the time to make the gains because you will just chafe yourself to pieces and no one wants that because then you will be like there'll be no one at the side with well maybe there will be there probably won't be for covid reasons but there won't be gloved hands of vaseline <laughs> at the side of the road i hope not sounds quite sort of weird you're like what do you mean that happens all the time <laughs> have you never had that i've heard about this maybe i've never seen it this idea that people are there with a vaseline bit like the john's ambulance glove. people do it Okay, like, yeah, I've just never, I've just never like, seen it. I mean, it. yeah, member of the public just with a tub <laughs> of Vaseline I mean, is, is different. I'm sure it's like the St. John's Ambulance people have been out there with like, you know, a medically gloved hand w- w- offering up some Vaseline in case you've got chafage. But yeah, to be fair, to think about it in outside of race context, it sounds weird. <laughs> um, but there won't be jelly babies. People handing out jelly no, babies right. probably yeah, won't happen. Yeah. So. No, that's it. That's it. Um, there we go. Hey, look, but should we get our guest of the week on to talk who's about... Who's uh, way more informed and <laughs> yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a physio. Or a complete unknown. I don't know if you know this, Ben, but it's actually London Marathon this Sunday. Do you know that? I had a... Uh 
caught whispers on the grapevine that that was <laughs> that was what was happening. Well, of course, like race week should be all you know be all about relaxing, but I think a lot of people get pretty stressed out by it. So we're hoping that this episode uh, is going to help people to kind of get to the start line feeling slightly less frazzled. So uh, we've got um, Laura Fountain, the uh, founder of Lazy Girl Running, running coach, uh, and she's here to talk a little bit about how to take the stress out of uh, race week. So Laura, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Thanks for having me. Great. Um, from a coach's perspective, Laura, what are some of the things that you're telling your clients during race week in terms of kind of not getting too stressed? It's mainly around calm down and put your feet up. Nice. Um, Great. Runners tend to want to do more things in that last week as the nervous energy builds um but that you can't do anything else there's nothing you can add training wise you can only take away if in doubt do less yes no diy presumably either (laughs) (laughs) no diy uh that, that is a good point because you you tend to you know you've got this extra time um and you don't really think about the things that aren't running and the physical impact that they have on you but yeah gardening DIY they can like put a toll on the on the bodies particularly if they're things that you're not used to doing yeah, absolutely take up like uh painting maybe like you know something something sat down something that involves very little of the legs uh rest that painting arm regularly but keep it I think that's like the sort of level that we're at have you ever got have you ever got it really wrong Laura have you ever got like spectacularly wrong during race week well, there was um, one time I was I decided that, OK, today will be my last day cycling to the office uh, before London Marathon. And I set out and uh, a car decided that it wasn't the year that I was going to have the perfect race. And it turned across me and knocked me off my bike, um, which resulted in a really terrible London Marathon for me. Like I did, had nothing broken. Um, and I got up and kind of carried on cycling. Uh, but obviously the, the toll that that takes on your body as you tense up and the, and the, the shock of it and all um, wasn't really obvious until I got to six miles on the course and everything was hurting. Oh, such, uh, this, exactly the same thing happened to me. I had fantastic build up to like probably like the best build up towards a marathon I've ever had. I went out the weekend before thinking, I know what I'll do. I'll go out on my bike leisurely, non-impact. This is good. Keep everything going. And yeah, dry, uh, a driver turned in front of me. But I, I, I ended up with surgery on my shoulder and like three days in the hospital. So I didn't do the race. After so get off your bike, listeners. Yeah, yeah. That's so basically, that's two, no two of the three of us have been hit by hit by <laughs> bad. I'm going to say terrible drivers and yeah. uh, has resulted in not getting to the start line. So yeah, don't cycle anywhere now, ever. Okay, that's it. No, that's good. We can get some rules in there. Yeah. Number one, no cycling, no <laughs> DIY as yeah, well. Yeah, that's that good. One, um, it's kind of bad timing with the petrol shortage. Yeah, yeah uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Maybe go on, I don't know, skateboard roller cakes. Oh, they are out yeah, as well. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Yeah. A very, very gentle walk, maybe. Or a paint. You've talked about painting, painting again. as well. That was nice. That was nice. Um, from, a, from a nutritional perspective, is there anything anyone should be adding or taking away in the diet during this next week? Yeah, I think that too much emphasis is put on that last meal um before race day like the night before whereas what we know is that if you can introduce more carbs you know or switch to a great proportion of carbs in the few days before that's a better way to approach it than to 
you know, for one thing, if you're having that massive pasta dinner the night before, it's not going to help your sleep. Um, but you can do it over a few days. Add more snacks. Um, is a great way to do it. What's your attitude to stuff like uh, caffeine and alcohol in, in race week? I give up alcohol um, a month before if it's a big goal race. That's probably mm. a bit late for listeners, <laughs> but I give it. I give it up a month before, and mainly to um, get my head in the in the mode of going. Okay, this is a significant thing for me. Um, so this is a sacrifice I'm going to make, and I'm going to look forward to that post-race beer all the more. But also, it helps you sleep. Um, a glass of wine will disrupt my sleep that much that um, it's best for me not to yeah, have it. I'm the same with the sleep. I think it's nice to sort of, it almost kind of gives you that extra sense of commitment, doesn't it? You've kind of got that like, I'm going to, I mean, it's, you know, you sac- and anyone who, if you don't drink alcohol, you can obviously sacrifice chocolate or something sort of, maybe something that you consider to be like a, a, an extra luxury in life that would actually be detrimental to your performance. You can kind of go, right. I'm committed to this and this is I'm going to I'm going to say no to that sort of one thing yeah I think so I think it's good to, yeah to, to forego a few things um uh, what about uh planning Laura so like how how do you think that planning it the day out can reduce the the stress of of race week so I am very much a planner um I will have like almost a timetable for the couple of days before particularly if you are traveling to the city where your marathon's gonna be yeah so um knowing what time i'm traveling making sure i've got snacks or food for that journey if it's going to take me over meal time um with extra in case of delays do you need to get to the expo what time does the expo shut um checking into your hotel and giving yourself enough time to kind of chill out Get all your kit out, make sure it's all there and you haven't forgotten everything um, and then plan in your where you're going to have dinner. So I would plan where I'm going to have dinner uh, several weeks before so that I make sure I get that book in. And my biggest tip is to book your table for an hour earlier than you actually want to eat because anywhere within a mile radius of a marathon start is that's serving pasta and pizza is going to be full um so book in advance but also they're going to be busy so there's nothing that kind of makes my heart sink more than seeing a group of 16 runners sat at a table when i walk into a restaurant that <laughs> night yeah. before I'm like, oh my god my food's never going to get here um so i book an hour earlier than i want to eat because by the time you've ordered your drinks have come you've had your your food arrive then you're going to be like half an hour in. By the time you've eaten it all, then it is going to be that like seven o'clock. Um, so book for six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you um do you ever travel with like the necessary foods that you want? Are you that particular? Like Jane, who isn't joining us today, but she would travel with like the porridge that she wants. She'll have like her, she actually takes cutlery, I think. You know, there's, 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 the, there's the degree of like that much, I must have that routine in place. I do for um, breakfast. Um, I think hotels are getting wise to marathons more and more now. Um, but when you go to when you've been to cities that aren't London, they tend to be on the Sunday breakfast schedule, which doesn't start until later than most um, runners want to eat. So they've got better about that in recent years and kind of cluing into what runners will want. But I always take my own breakfast just so I can have it in my room, um, like quick porridge oats that you can make with a kettle or just a, a, 
a bagel um, and a banana and then I don't have to leave that room. I try to spend as little time with other people beforehand, which is not the most sociable way of being, I guess. But like trying not to be around other people's anxieties. And when you go to that breakfast in the hotel the night before, you'll hear everyone saying, oh, this, oh, the weather's going to be like this or that's going to be um, hard. And you don't want that into your mind. So spending time with positive people. Okay, let's talk about some other people's anxieties. I think an area where that can all come together is, is the expo. And I know at London, the expo is a big thing. People get excited about it as well, but I think it can be a kind of great stress creator as well. Yeah. What advice would you have to people navigating expo, having a good time hopefully, but also not kind of emerging from it, a kind of quivering wreck? <laughs> <laughs> go as early as possible. If you are if you are living, working in London, go on the Thursday um, try not to leave it to the Saturday if you possibly can. So it's going to be quieter um, the earlier in the week that you go. Um, and it's also, that's going to make it nicer for going round. You can, it's going to be less crowded. Um, you'll be able to take in some of the talks that are on. Put your feet up and have a chill and listen to any of those. Um, but don't buy anything that you are going to use on race day there's going to be loads of offers <laughs> no shoes unless it's made you know if there's offers and that's a pair of shoes that you regularly run in yeah buy them but don't race in them because even if they are the pair that you are um really happy with for the past 10 years on race day they're going to still be new shoes um so don't do that uh Buy some merch, that'll make you feel nice and kind of excited for it. You might probably want to not wear it until after to not want to tempt fate. Um, and try, yeah, to be around um, positive people there. If anyone is kind of moaning about how badly training's gone, kind of back away from them. Anyone that's sneezing or coughing, walk away from them, wear a mask. Um, I'd say that, you know... It's become a bit more commonplace, obviously, to wear a mask this past 18 months. Um, if I could have, like, without scaring people, I probably would have done that for the past 10 years at Expos because you don't want to pick up a cold the day before the race. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I mean, this, this, these, these, this is gold for anyone doing any marathon anywhere, but as it's London coming at the weekend, anyone who's running it, you've got to take your kit bag this time with your self-adhesive label already attached, which you should have received in your post already by now. You've got to take it to Expo. You've got to take it to Expo, mate. Wow. Because there's no bag drop, so you've got to do it at Expo. So, um, yeah, when you go. I'm reading now from the London Marathon Guide. <laughs> I was going to say, it's incredible Check. knowledge, Ben. Nah, I'm just prepared for every, every situation, Rick, even if I'm not racing. <laughs> That's how you're getting your medal as well, isn't it? I think so, so yeah. Even if you're like, I'm just going to turn up in my running kit and then get the tube home in it without getting changed. You need that. That's how they're distributing the medals, I think. There's, there's definitely something extra about the whole thing. But yeah, you've got to um, yeah, you've got to go with the bag with the label attached and a QR code from your registration email uh, and a text message demonstrating or an email demonstrating your negative lateral flow test and supporting photo ID, such as a passport or driver license. <laughs> so in terms of removing stress... <laughs> from the event it's, they, it's it's gonna i'm just as also a precursor <laughs> it might be a bit intense yeah but you know if you prepare yourself i think that that's all I right i think getting early is is the ultimate thing isn't it and it's a luxury a little bit you know if, if you 
live near London, then it's something you can do. But um, yeah, the early days in the expo are very, very different to the Saturday. Um, do you think, Laura, there's something particularly stressful about the London, like the London Marathon Race Week, just because of the sort of profile of the event, and maybe even more so this year because there's been such a long wait for London to kind of properly happen. Yeah, I do think it's kind of what's special about London, but also what makes it um, more kind of anxiety inducing. I think it's the fact that you know it's a hard marathon to get into. You've got to be lucky in the ballot or you've got to qualify for your place or raise a lot of money for charity that you kind of feel this pressure that, oh, I've got to have a great race. Um, I've got to run a great time. And this is maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um but you've got to remember that it is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and just soak it all in. I mean, even walking into the expo when I haven't been registered to run and hearing that London Marathon music as you go through into that entrance, it does kind of give you butterflies. Um, so I guess maybe reframing that as excitement rather than nerves. They're kind of similar feelings um, and using that to kind of go, this is a great thing I'm going to do and... Maybe if I don't have the, if I don't execute my race plan to a T in terms of my pacing and picking up my drinks at certain points, try and let that go and uh, focus on the fact that you're in this amazing position, which we have been waiting for so long to be back in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of excited, stroke nervous people uh, this week. Um, are you taking part in London, by the way, or not? Are you doing it? Me? No. Um no, not this year. I was down to do Manchester, but I um, withdrew because uh, I don't have, I don't think I have a marathon in me this year. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Gone are the days when I'll just go, just yeah, up. I'll turn up. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a go. go. Why not? <laughs> this is the Runner's World Podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Lockdown was, 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 you know, a very 
trying time for everyone and, and running became a great savior for it. And as a coach, have you sort of, how did you witness that trans sort of, um, that develop? I'm kind of intrigued as to sort of like, have you had a whole influx of new runners who just want to, who wanted to learn more? I mean, how has it been from your, you know, your perspective? Yeah. So there's kind of three ways that I have been coaching people. Obviously I have, um, I have running groups that operate in the park uh, for beginners up to and then improvers. So they would go from absolutely starting out new and then up to anything up to a marathon for the other groups. Um, obviously, they were shut down um, several times during lockdown. And when they started up again, they were full of people that were just keen to have that connection with with others. And even when we were only allowed six people to run and then it, those six people that turned up to the first session were just so excited to be around different faces. Um, so that's been great for them, but also great for me in terms of um, having connection with other people and running's kind of been a the the vehicle that's allowed us to do that and it's not necessarily been about us getting faster or anything but just kind of running together um the other way i coach people is online so i will have people that i check in with weekly and help them towards their um races or the generally their goals and um i thought that that would all disappear once races disappeared but i i've had several uh runners that have carried on training with me throughout lockdown um just because they're not necessarily doing it to target a specific race but they want to keep going and they want to keep prove, improving um and i guess it's nice having that regular check-in with someone um an email exchange every week or a chat on the phone that's just about running um and then I, but there was this new opportunity. Um, so I created Marathon Squad, which was, we started back in January um, with 30 runners, all training for autumn marathons. And what was great about that is we've come together every month via Zoom for, um, for a chat about a different subject. And a lot of those times during, while we were still in lockdown, um, it was great to catch up and see other people and talk about running um and it not be your family quiz or <laughs> your work zoom it was something quite uh different from that um but it's also been great as a coach to have people that are taking that long run up to a race because there was no spring races they kind of started to pop up in the summer and to have runners that were kind of taking that long-term view of i've got this race in nine months time and i'm going to build up gradually and sensibly um and they've supported each other and it's been a privilege as their coach to kind of guide them through that and some of them are probably doing the race then on sunday then or not yes um one uh had covid last week and has been out tentatively for a 20 minute run this week um so she thinks she's gonna be okay um but yeah, it's, that's been a lot of the ups and downs as uh, runners have emailed me to say, oh, I've got to self-isolate this week because I've been in contact with someone with COVID or some of them have had COVID and all have kind of recovered from that in different um, different speeds. Uh, so it's thrown up different challenges for runners and for coaches this year. For sure. It'd be really interesting to see how the long-term prep 
really sort of um, cements the enjoyment of the day because I think that a lot of people take on a marathon and they do it very quickly and there's always that build up is like you know um, 16 weeks or whatever it is and there's sort of like there's that all that uh, <clears throat> it was the start of the new year when it was in April everyone would start the new year and have this huge goal to achieve a marathon off the back of probably a boozy Christmas or something and then they would be like all oh, right so, and then so, so it's actually it's really nice to sort of see people get to marathon distance because it's a it's a distance that kind of demands that respect that sort of that longer period I think and it's yeah well you'll have to let us know Laura like if they came off the back of it and said <laughs> exactly the same thing that anyone who says after 16 weeks or if they if they all just cruise it because they've done nine months of training yeah I think one of the good things is that they haven't had from my perspective they haven't had an opportunity to fill their um prep with other races um you often get runners that say okay I'm training for this race but I also want to do this 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 and this on the way and you kind of have to negotiate that and say okay you can do them all but you can't race them all um because that kind of you need a little mini taper and a little recovery each time you race so it takes away from that that build-up and kind of learning to focus on that one big goal and realize that actually you maybe yeah. shouldn't be yeah. aiming to PB. It's very common, that, isn't it? I don't, yeah, just kind of, oh, yeah. While I'm at it, I'll just um, I'll try and get a 5K yeah, and 10K PB because I'm running a lot. Uh, you've run London Marathon numerous times, Laura. I don't know how many, but we're talking kind of what? Have you done about four or five or more? I've done, I've done it twice. I've just twice. been at the pub afterwards with oh, you that's more what it is. times. I was like, Laura's always oh, there. You go. Um, just pretending. What, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on London as as an experience and as a race and what advice would you have to anyone particularly anyone who's never run it before so the first time I ran it was after I'd spent several years um wanting to run it and I gradually chipped away and got my good for age time so I could and that was the time when I um had big ambition to to run 330 and got knocked off my bike um had a terrible race but the upside of that was that at mile six, I was, you know, thinking I was going to be sick, but I knew that my parents were at mile nine. So I kind of shuffled along and kept going. They gave me a drink. Um, I saw a couple of people I knew on the race, like running. A guy I worked with ran alongside me and said, hi, how's it going? I said, oh, not great. You go off because I didn't want to kind of drag him into my <laughs> mental space. And then I knew my partner would be further up. So I kind of went, okay, well, I'll have to carry on to then and kind of reminded myself that this was a race that I'd been aiming for for years um, and that I could just kind of try and enjoy it. Now, you know, my my time had gone out the way, um, but I, some woman about 60 miles uh, gave me an ice lolly, just a spectator. So I was walking along eating an ice lolly at one point, which was the best thing I'd ever eaten. And I found the London Hash Harriers um, around mile 23 and they gave me a beer. Um, so I walked along having that for a bit and then actually managed to have a good day in the end. And I was so glad that I didn't drop out at mile six when I, I very nearly did. And then the second time I ran it, I ran for fun. I had a beer balloon tied to me, beer helium balloon, which a lot of runners around me weren't so, uh, weren't so overjoyed into. with. <laughs> but um, it was a good way for people to see me, uh, some of my friends. So, um, yeah, so try and adjust your expectations if things aren't going yeah. your way whether that's been in training or whether it's mid-race you find it um going badly and kind of 
find some other things that you can enjoy about it. You have to you have to be pretty lucky for your race to go as, as planned. I feel like that's kind of you know something that isn't really talked about. Like every, you know the build up is great if your training's gone well, but you've still got a, it's a long way to go and it's a big day and there's a lot of people around and all this. So, so it's sort of like, not to sort of be pessimistic, but you've kind of got to be realistic that it could possibly go wrong in some way, may you know big or small. And I think that yeah, just having that sort of like ah oh, you know let's just whatever happens happens now that's kind of nice that's what I did I was just kind of like you know what whatever happens happens you've done all the you've done all you can let's just see what you know because I think that was you know talking to people who've just been like this is it now I'm here (laughs) this is the time for me you know and you kind of get they really hype themselves up and you're kind of like oh no please I do want it to go well for you but don't do that (laughs) yeah isn't there's nothing worse than sitting in the pub afterwards being so disappointed with yourself because you ran like 30 seconds slower than you aimed for and then like two months down the line you go why was I so annoyed at myself for that why was I so depressed about that um, result when actually I had a great race and um, it's a privilege to be in this position you know to be considering running 26.2 miles Yeah, yeah I completely agree um, so you've supported London a lot, Laura. Where's, where, where do you, where's your favourite place to stand? So I like um, around 16 miles, that kind of U-bend yeah. of, of the river yeah. and the route um, because it's a bit quieter there. You, there's, there's no barrier, um, so you can actually stand on the curb and see your runners. Um, you know, embankment's great but you have to get there really early. I cheered with um, a charity I used to work for several years. Um, so I'd get there early because I wanted to see the elites go past um, and then gradually this trickle of runners comes along and that's kind of nice to see build up. But also the people behind you builds up gradually and then you're like, oh, I need the toilet, but I'm going to lose my position if I uh, if I nip out. Um, but it's also handy for the, for the pub afterwards. Um, but yeah, 16 miles is my favourite. So is that like can, mud shoot? Is that kind of mud shoot territory? Yeah, you can do like a little sneaky um, go just after Greenwich, go there and then walk into Greenwich and then go under the foot tunnel mm. and pop up the other side of the river and, and that's where you'll be. That's connoisseur yes. supporting that, isn't it? That's like... <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm, what you, come on, Rick, where's your, where's your favourite place? It's, a, it's similar reasons, a different part of town, but I quite like Deptford for that same reason that you can't you're kind of right there you can see people it's only about i think about seven miles in at that point so people are looking and sort of feeling quite good hopefully um if you cheer for someone they will they will know they'll see you and, and they'll know it's you <laughs> so it feels like you, you're kind of yeah things don't get lost as much it's also a cool part of town if you want to go and get like grab a beer somewhere then Deptford's obviously got loads of options on that front it's not popular it's not somewhere where people think about when they think about the marathon but i think that those places uh are for me what what i'm looking for because actually i really want to sort of see people and get a front row view if i can how about you ben uh i quite like sort of canada water rotherhide that that bit um because you can do a sort of double a double hit i think it's like miles nine and eleven so you're sort of running between two you can get around the back of decathlon sorry keys 
and you can get like that. There's a good bit there. It's get kind yourself of a nice tent. Yeah, and also, you know, if anyone's really, they can get a message to you, you can get them, you know, something Some out of decathlon. Yeah. <laughs> some roller skates. Yeah, exactly. You can just stock off on some high-vis or something. I don't know. And then, yeah, if you can then, you you have to do your own little trot up to up to mile 11 and then you can see it. It's not, it's busier though. And it's like, you've got to do that um, professional eye scanny like okay. where you're kind yeah. of like you kind of you almost defocus your eyes and kind of just watch everyone at the same time <laughs> like that that kind of when you're trying to spot a face it's a bit like that but that's i like i like that bit yeah oh, i'm getting excited about london just talking about actually even yeah. just the supporting side of it I, st- I still think it's like an amazing day and uh yeah i'm really looking forward to it laura thanks so much for uh, for coming on and no problem offering advice about how to take a little bit of the stress out of um out of race week and uh yeah it'd be good to get you back on the podcast sometime soon i'd love to Oh, if people want to know a bit more about um, what you do, Laura, where can they go? You can find me anywhere as Lazy Girl Running. So Twitter, Instagram, and uh, online is lazygirlrunning.com. And we hopefully will be doing the Marathon Squad for spring. All right. So that brings us to the end of this week's Run As Well podcast. A huge thanks to our guest, Laura Fountain, and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to three issues of Runners World magazine for just £5. Head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Podcast to get this exclusive listener offer. You, of course, know that you can listen to the Runners World podcast on Acast, iTunes and all of your favourite podcast apps, but please subscribe. So you're listening now. All you have to do before you hit pause or switch to the next episode of something else is just subscribe. There you go. You did it. Great. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you again next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.